The Direction Daily S&P 500 Bull and Bear 3X Shares ETFs. Trade under the ticker SPXL for the 3X Bull and XPSS for the 3X Bear. These leveraged ETFs seek a return that is 300% of the performance of the S&P 500 index for a single day. The S&P 500 index holdings include names such as Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, with index sector weightings including information technology, healthcare, financials, and consumer discretionary. These are highly leveraged ETFs with daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. To magnify your short-term perspective, whether you're a bull or a bear on S&P 500, you choose the direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to direction.com. Index holdings are subject to change. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day before investing. Careful to consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at Direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor Foresight Fund Services. Despite growing pains, cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology both have a promising future. The global blockchain market is projected to rise from $7 billion today to over $163 billion by the end of this decade. So inquiring minds want to know, how do we get a piece of the action and which stocks are the best way to play the blockchain slash crypto trend? Well, today's audience requested matchup is between a pair of ETFs from BlackRock and Fidelity. It's King Kong versus Godzilla. Stick around. Hey, Cordial, welcome to all. You're watching Season 4 of ETF Battles. I'm Rhonda Leggy. Now, before you send us your ETF battle requests, please visit the description section below to make sure you're not duplicating an ETF battle that we've already done. But if you're the type of person that likes redundancy, send it to us anyway. We don't care. We'll take a look at it and consider it. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and be sure to visit the description section below. Again, we've got links to our program sponsor, Direction Investments, along with our program judges. Plus, if you missed our retirement webinar that we did earlier this month, well, guess what? We've got another one coming up in March. Registration is free, but seating is limited. So be sure to hit the description section below to register and uh, claim your spot. Now, today's ETF battle was requested by a viewer by the name of Running Guy. And he assured me that he belongs to a drinking club with a running problem. And uh, in between runs, he wanted to see today's crypto blockchain contest between ETFs from Fidelity and BlackRock. And I gladly oblige, and thank you so much, Running Guy, for the great ETF battle suggestion. Judging today's contest is an illustrious duo. We've got the queen of alternatives, Shayna Sissel with Banrian Capital and Mike Akins with ETF Action. Judges, great to see you again. It's great to be here, Ron. Yeah, great to be here. It's always a pleasure. So our four battle categories are cost, exposure strategy, performance, and then we got our mystery category where you, our judges, can pick that single factor or multiple factors that you think are going to make a difference in today's contest. Also, our judges can nominate wildcard ETFs that they feel that's a better choice somewhere else. They can opt for split decisions. I've got the scorekeeping duties. At the end of the show, we will declare an overall winner. Keep in mind, none of the battle outcomes are ever predetermined or known in advance by myself or our judges. So let's start things off with Mike. The first category is cost. Kick things off. 
Oh my goodness. So does cost really matter in a category that can go down 70% in a one year period? I'm not sure. Um, the good side of that is what goes up can also, or what goes down will also start rebounding up as we're seeing this year today, year to date with both these strategies up over 40% um, in the first part of the year. Um, but look, we have to think about it. You should always think about costs and trading metrics when using ETFs. Um, on the absolute expense ratio, um, FDIG has a little bit of an advantage over IBLC or IBLOCK is what I'm going to call it today. Um, that's 0.39 versus 0.47. And they're both pretty small and they're both pretty illiquid when it comes to the secondary market. So you need to be careful trading either one of these ETFs, um, use limit orders, make sure the allocation is there, stay away from the open, stay away from the close, all those good um, tips when trading ETFs in general. Um, so I'm going to give it to FDIG simply because it's a little bit cheaper, but neither of them are a screaming buy from a liquidity perspective over an overall expense ratio. Um, but FDIG does have a little bit more assets, a little bit more liquidity, and overall is cheapest. So that's my winner in this category. Thank you, Mike. Shana, you're up next. How do you see it when it comes to cost? I agree with everything Mike just said. Um, these funds are tiny. Uh, the Fidelity Fund, FDIG, is $26 million, and the iShares iBlock is $6 million. Um, the Fidelity is cheaper uh, at 39 basis points versus 47 for iShares. Um, the Fidelity Fund has a really, really big spread of $0.16. Cents. Um, so while iShares is smaller and also fairly illiquid, uh, its spread at $0.03 cents is a little easier to swallow and seems like that would be an easier one to trade without having to get a market maker involved. But if I have to give one, since they're both fairly illiquid and, you know, yes, Fidelity's is more illiquid, but like, you know, does it matter if it's going to be hard to trade either? Uh, I agree with Mike and I, I give this one to FDIG. Exposure strategy is next and Shana, you're still up. So tell us about these two ETFs, which stands, which one stands out? So this is really interesting because the options for uh, particular stocks that have direct crypto exposure is small. And both of these funds kind of show that in that they, you know, have their focused crypto uh, holdings. And basically it's like 10 stocks and they own the same 10. It, it's, it, there's not a lot of opportunity there. They take two different approaches with what they call their tier two stocks. So Fidelity focuses on digital payment processors as their secondary exposure. So uh, the way that they have it, um, and they have 60% of the weighting of the portfolio in crypto stocks. And then they have 20 digital payment stocks. Uh, and if they have 33 names and 20 of them are digital payment stocks, and that means 13 are crypto, and that 13 is the 60% weighting. Uh, so that's Fidelity's approach. Now, the iShares approach is, again, similar. They own the same 10 to 13 names, uh, have similar holdings, 32 versus 33. And um, iBlock has tier one, which is their crypto holdings. And that is uh, a, I believe that's a market or a daily Float adjusted market cap. It's market cap weighted on those names. Um, and then their tier two companies are companies that are involved on the ancillary part, uh, to help with like mining and, uh, are like inputs, like semis and stuff. And so for that, they have like Nvidia in the portfolio, which I don't necessarily associate with blockchain. And they have some bigger tech names, which I think actually has helped them performance wise to like, 
have less volatility and slightly more consistent performance. But I would argue it's probably not the purest play. So they both have the same crypto exposure. Their secondary exposure is really where it comes down to. And the digital payment processors, I think, is closer to uh, to the crypto world than, say, like the semiconductor chip names, uh, which I think is just so broad uh, that I, if you want pure crypto exposure, I, I, I tend to lean towards FDIG. Thank you, Shanna. Mike, you're up next. How do you see it when it comes to exposure strategy? Well, we know it's not true because I'm never brief on anything, but I should be because I agree with Shana on almost all, all of these points. Um, if you kind of look at the, the two strategies, the top 10, you're getting the same portfolio. So they're going to be highly correlated. You're not going to get a huge divergence of return over time, cons- assuming these holdings stay the same. Um, so your differentiation is going to come on that bottom half of the of the portfolios. And those are very unique. They're very different from that perspective. Um, I think of it, it's it's tricky to, to make it, you can make an argument one way or the other. And she did a great job walking through how they evaluate that second tier. Um, but I kind of like the, the digital payments. It just, to me, it, it matches the sniff test better of what the crypto industry is all about. Um, so I agree on that perspective. And then also when you just look at the absolute statistics, um, I like the exposure of FDIG, kind of having an even allocation across large, mid, small, and micro. You know, what's unique about iBlock, IBLC, is it's got about 45% large cap names and then 45% micro cap names. So 90% of the portfolio is like a barbell approach with nothing in the middle, where FDIG's got a pretty much an even allocation across the large, mid, small, and micro cap um, companies. Look, these portfolios are going to be very similar. And at the end of the day, I actually like, this is a very um, broad category. It got so popular. There's so many ETFs out there. Number one, expect a lot of closures in this space. There's 17 funds that we classify as blockchain and or crypto. Um, and there's, you know, a couple billion bucks in it, but or actually just under, about just at a billion dollars across that. Um, but the vast majority of it's in a handful of funds and neither one of these funds are those handful of funds. Um, I think the leader in this category is BLOK. It's got a high out overlap with both FDIG and iBlock. And I think it'd be remiss of me not to say that's my winner, not only from an exposure perspective, because they take an active approach to um, looking at the space, but also just from a standpoint of having a track record, um, having an asset base to feel confident that this is a viable product going forward. Um, so I'm going to throw a wild card in there as BLOK. Um, of the two that I have to pick from, I'm with uh, Shana on FDIG. Very good. And I just wanted to mention too, MVPS, which is a multi-thematic ETFs. Is this one of those uh, themes that you're tracking in that index that uh, is underlying that particular ETF, Mike? Yeah, interesting. Thank you for uh, bringing up that. Yes, MVPS is a multi-theme product and it actually is built based on all thematic products in the space, kind of creating a consensus approach. So as a result, it has um, a, a decent overlap to both of these products. It has about um, eight names and 10% overlap. So from an overall allocation perspective, you are going to pick up some of this um, theme, but it's not a pure play into the um, space like FDIG and IBLC. Very good. Thank you for bringing out that point. Now we shift to performance. And uh, Mike, you're up. So which of these two ETFs stands out? Over the very limited um, life cycle of these two products, neither one of them has a full year yet. Um, iBlock has outperformed. Um, I think part of that is a little bit more of that technology allocation that uh, Shannon mentioned earlier. 
Um, I think you have to think about it on a look forward basis. Um, these are going to be highly correlated to um, the, the tech side of the world. Um, they're going to have a high beta to that side of the world. Um, and I actually think of what I look at when I think about performance in this category is what is my correlation to crypto itself? Um, so we have a very small time frame to look at, but both these products have in that short time period, if you look at it versus for just um, crypto as itself or uh, Bito as an ETF proxy, BITO as a proxy to the Bitcoin itself, they both have a 0.93 and a 0.94 correlation over that small time frame. Um, so they're getting that that allocation as you expect. They have a high beta relative to the the marketplace. So if your goal is to get allocation or um, exposure to a crypto like return inside of an equity um, portfolio, both of these are doing a good job. Though I would argue Block also does a good job of that, and it's a lot larger, a lot more liquid, has an established track record. Um, it's just an example of a category that is so large. Um, I'd be remiss not to bring up that there's a couple of um, category leaders in this space. Shana, your opportunity to weigh in on performance? I agree with Mike. Um, very limited track record. Both funds were launched in April of last year. Uh, iBlock has the better performance, but it's because they have the semis in there and the semis are up huge year to date and blockchain and the crypto stocks really didn't follow that. Uh, so almost all of their outperformance is a result of non-crypto related names. Uh, so for me, if we're just going strictly on performance and considering nothing else, obviously it's iBlock. But I think FDIG is a pure play and it's iBlock is getting its outperformance by cheating a little on the outside. So hard to give a clear winner. So I guess on, on just performance alone, it's iBlock, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that they're kind of cheating around the edges to get that excess performance. Great points. Thank you, Shana. There's no cheating for our next category. It's the mystery category. It's a surprise, but it's not a cheating category. So give us your take on mystery, Shana. What is your mystery battle category and which of these ETFs wins? So when it comes to the mystery category, I, I've mentioned a couple of different things in terms of like the themes underlying. And for me, I, I have a, a preference for FDIG on a couple of things. I think it's a pure play. Uh, I think I, I prefer the average daily volume aspect of it, which is what I think leads it to have more diversity across market cap is because they are looking at average daily volume and staying away from the relatively illiquid stuff, um, which also means that they don't have a huge component in large cap either. And it's, it's nicely spread out across the market capitalization. Both, uh, uh the FDIG, uh, rebalances quarterly. I, I will continue to kind of harp on this. I'm not always somebody who prefers a quarterly rebalance, even though if you watch previous episodes, it probably seems that way. Uh, but in these fast moving emerging spaces where there's new players coming into the market all the time, I think being able to rebalance to take advantage of that, especially when there's only like 13 crypto names that are publicly traded that both these funds hold. If something IPOs in the next you know year or two uh, that's in the space, the Fidelity Fund's going to be able to get exposure to it quicker than the iShares version. So, um, you know, for that reason, um, my mystery battle category winner is FDIG. Mike, you're up next. What is your mystery battle category and which of these ETFs wins it? I'm going to get a little cliche on this, on my mystery today. Um, first and foremost, anybody that follows me on Twitter knows that I am not a big Bitcoin proponent. So let's just keep that out there in the get-go. If your goal is to get allocation to the crypto space, 
there's a lot of great ways to get peer allocation of the crypto space. PITO is doing a great job of giving you um, a one-to-one um, you know, movement to crypto. Of course, it's not crypto itself because it is a futures product, but boy, you got to give it so far. It's doing a great job of tracking the underlying asset class of, of Bitcoin. Um, so if your goal is to allocate to cryptos, allocate to cryptos. You don't need to do it in an equity portfolio. So if that's your goal right now, turn around, go find a better vehicle to do it. If your goal is to allocate to blockchain, to allocate to fintech as a whole, okay, now I'm listening. I'm a believer there. I know it sounds cliche. I like the blockchain. I don't like the crypto. It's just the truth. So now I'm interested. Let's talk about it. And from that perspective, I think you're better off going a little broad. Um, I'm afraid, in my opinion, the crypto products get a little too much micro strategy, which is basically a leveraged play on crypto, on Bitcoin, if you will, because of Michael Saylor's um, approach to running a business now is literally just a holding company for Bitcoin. Um, and I'd much rather own the technology um, of the company. So I might back up and say, you know, what is there a better fintech product out there, broader based, something like an IF, IFNX? Um, is a product that's going to give you broad-based exposure to fintech and a lot of overlap to both the products we talked about today, FIDG and iBlock. If you really want the focused exposure in this space, I'd say look at BLOK. Um, It's a leader in this space. It's done a good job. It's very volatile, but the space as a whole is very volatile. Uh, My personal belief is go broader, take a step back. Um, If you're looking for equity exposure, in my opinion, it's because you like the technology and own a broad-based technology to that. If the reason you're buying this is because you want access to cryptocurrency, then go buy cryptocurrency. What are we even doing having this conversation? Um, My winner for today of the two is FDIG on the mystery battle, just all the reasons Shana brought, but really my my mystery category winner is FINX, which is a broad-based FinTech play. All right, well, we're gonna give our judges one final opportunity to give us their overall battle winner. How will this go down? Mike, you're up, give us your overall winner. So you made it hard on me today, Ron. Um, it's just so hard for me to talk positive about Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies in general, but I do believe in the technology underlying it. I think both these products have some good names in it, some bad names, but personally, they're both a pass for me. I don't want that peer exposure into companies like MicroStrategy into peer mining companies like HUT um, and those um, those basically high beta plays to Bitcoin itself. So to me, it's a pass on both by FinTech and a broader exposure. Um, if you really want um, uh, blockchain exposure, do it in the form of BLOK or take a step even back one step further and do a broad-based FinTech like an FINX. Okay, thank you very much. Shanna, your final chance to weigh in with your overall battle winner? Sure. So I also have a wild card. I do not like FDIG or iBlock uh, at this time. Uh, I prefer to be with somebody in this space that because it's so complex, there's constant regulatory changes. It's ever evolving. I want somebody who knows the space backwards and forwards. I do not want BlackRock and Fidelity because Fidelity probably more than BlackRock knows the space, but like neither of them is this. This is not their world. So I actually uh, am throwing in as my winner and my wild card BitQ, which is the Bitwise uh, um, crypto uh, index. They take a they call it picks and shovels approach 
They're extremely specialized in the space. That's all they invest in. And they have Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, private funds. They have uh, all sorts of interesting ways to play this space through their firm. Uh, they very much know the space. Now, they are much more volatile and a little more expensive uh, with an uh, expense ratio of 85 basis points, but less illiquid. Uh, this is an easier fund to trade far more assets and a longer track record, though not that long, only since 21. Uh, over that time, uh, year to date, BitQ is outperforming uh, both of the options in the battles substantially. It's up 71 plus percent, uh, but it was also down uh, more than the other two. Although I will note uh, the other two don't have a true one year number. Uh, whereas, um, BitQ does, and there's no way to say that if the other two had existed for the full year, they wouldn't have similar performance. Uh, so for me, my battle winner, if I'm going to have exposure to the space, I go to Bitwise. That is who I'm going to. They are experts in the space. I can get, as Mike pointed out, from them, Bitcoin exposure, Ethereum exposure, and they have uh, a lot of different protocol funds out there. Now, mind you, those are private funds, but the fact of the matter is, uh, if I want to get that exposure I can get it all with them, and they have expertise in the space. The firm's been around for a really long time. All they do is crypto and blockchain. So for me, BitQ is where I want to be, and it's because I am a strong believer in what Bitwise brings to the table, and I think that alone for me is uh, enough to use them and their products in the space. Well, our judges have spoken, and they've made some convincing arguments on today's program, and according to my battle scorecard, We've got a split decision between two wild cards, just totally out of left field. Block, B-L-O-K for Mike. He mentioned that particular blockchain ETF uh, several times. That ETF and uh, BitQ from Bitwise was Shana's choice. And uh, wow, our judges brought it. I think some key takeaways for me, Mike making the point, listen, if you want to invest in this space, why not just do it directly by owning the cryptos themselves. I mean, you can do that. And uh, his his opinion was that might make more sense for some investors to get that direct exposure. And then if, if you believe in it, that's right. Not, not if like you're Charlie Munger and you think it's rat poison, then of course you wouldn't believe in it. But if you believe in it, you get that direct exposure. Otherwise, you know, BLOK was his choice. And again, that is an actively managed ETF, investing in blockchain technology. We've had it before on the show, ETF Battles. And actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think it did win um, at previous battles. But then BitQ from Block, uh, um, uh, from Bitwise was Shana's choice. And as she mentioned... It doesn't have a very long history. It's only been around since 2021, but it has outperformed during its its lifespan as and as well as having more assets under management uh, than some of the other ETFs in today's contest. So check out that particular ETF. And of course, Bitwise is uh, one of the leaders in the exchange-traded product space focused on cryptos and uh, blockchain investing. So BitQ was her choice. Great job to both of our judges with this emerging theme of blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, digital payments. We're going to hear more about this uh, in the future, and certainly uh, your analysis has helped us to, to be ready for it from an investment perspective. Excellent job, and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Great to see you, Shana.
Be sure to visit the description section below for research links to our judges, along with our program sponsor, Direction Investments. I'm Ron DeLegge. Thank you so much for watching ETF Battles. Send us your battle requests. You can do that on our Twitter feed, at ETF Guide, or in the comments section below. We'll see you next time. The Direction Daily S&P 500 Bull and Bear 3X Shares ETFs. Trade under the ticker SPXL for the 3X Bull and XPSS for the 3X Bear. These leveraged ETFs seek a return that is 300% of the performance of the S&P 500 Index for a single day. The S&P 500 Index holdings include names such as Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, with index sector weightings including information technology, healthcare, financials, and consumer discretionary. These are highly leveraged ETFs with daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. To magnify your short-term perspective, whether you're a bull or a bear on S&P 500, you choose the direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to direction.com. Index holdings are subject to change. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day before investing. Carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at Direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor Foresight Fund Services.